1: what's going on Steelers Nation radio high noon on a Friday afternoon that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the electric factory for the next 120 minutes here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold yins know what we're doing Wesley Euler Arthur Motes between the two of us we have a decade of NFL experience and a crazy head of hair we'll leave the rest for you to figure out and you already know the drill over the next two hours. you want to chime in, you can find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The
2: Body. What up, mozi How are we feeling on a Friday? Man, I was about to request a trade. You know, I would be seeing that, you know, happening around the NFL now. So, you know, I just figured that's what I'm supposed to do. So, other than that, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Holla at your boy. You know what I'm saying? Um...
1: Yeah, so uh, do you have a no trade clause like Jamal Adams or? I, a, I don't know. I gotta check my contract. Or a modified, you know, like you, you know get the name, I mean? the eight teams. That yeah. You get to name the eight other radio stations or. I'm <laughs> or only
2: program. going to this, 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 this station. That's it. Listen, you guys can trade <laughs> me away from West, but I'm only going
1: to work here, here,
2: and here. And it's got to be this this time slot too for the show.
0: Same, yeah. Hey, they <laughs> Same time, same
1: place. High noon, and on your twenty four seven home of the Black and Gold. We're going to have some fun today. Um, Arthur Motes, it is a Friday during the summertime. Oh, yeah, Summer,
2: summer, summertime. So you know what that
1: means. If you've got a song request, a block party song, you know, a song that makes you feel like summertime, like the nice weather and throwing something on the grill, maybe sipping on a cold beverage, get some yak, going to the ballpark with the family, whatever those songs are that make you think of summertime. If you've got any you want us to play coming out of breaks, uh, get at us on Twitter. We'll we'll, we'll let you, uh, you know, we'll do a little touch tunes today. You know, mm. we'll DJ. You guys get your requests in. We'll play some summertime tunes as we come back from break throughout the program. Arthur Moats. the fifth day of our settling this for good once and for all, embracing classic Steelers debates. And this might be the best one <laughs> by the time we're all said and done. Arthur Motes, interior linebackers our topic du jour today the off-ball linebackers right and now so we need to preface this and we'll have to say this a couple more times because I'm sure there'll be people that are joining us throughout the program that'll miss this these are non-pass rushing linebackers right so when we talked pass rushers on Tuesday it was right yes we discussed in that conversation Debo. And Kevin Green and T.J. Watt, Greg Lloyd, Greg those Lloyd guys, yeah, yeah,
2: Joey Porter, Lamar Woodley, Arthur y- Moats.
1: Arthur Motes, baby. <laughs> I mean, how could I forget? <laughs>
2: Just figured I throw myself in there for a second. You know
1: what I mean? Jason Gildon, you know, guys like that. That yes, they were linebackers, but like Motsy, they they played on the edge. All right, so that's important to note that these are these are. What we think of is, you know, the classic middle linebacker, the interior guys, the oh, off-ball your, your four guys.
2: Three off-ball the four-three
1: off-ball linebackers, and it's important to note in this conversation too, right? That the Steelers, you know, just for history and housekeeping purposes, it was two thousand one when Dick LeBeau came to town that the Steelers transitioned from the four-three to the three-four. So just keep all those things in mind as we go along here, and you think, oh well. How are they talking about linebackers and not mentioning this guy? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because we counted them as a pass rusher in the conversation on Tuesday. So just a little grain of salt for the people. Motsy? i glad you did that. I think that was necessary. Oh, there's some names here, buddy. I mean Lambert and Ham and Farrier and Kirkland and Russell and Shazier and Merryweather and Timmins. Dude. I had, some, I had some fun looking at this list, putting this list together this morning, mozi. And it's it's another one of those, you know, you've got to really evaluate <laughs> how you're going to evaluate these guys, mm-hmm. right? True, true. In, in the sense that, like we talked about a lot yesterday with the Bradshaw and Ben conversation, I think you have to consider the eras that they were playing in. You you have to obviously look at the numbers, but you have to take some of those things with a grain of salt. I mean, we're going to talk about some of these 70s linebackers. Yeah. Tackles weren't even an official statistic say, yeah, You can't
2: even look at just the numbers as well.
1: So it, it is you really have to evaluate kind of your pecking order of priorities when you're ranking these guys. So I think there'll be a lot of a lot of open-ended conversation here. Uh, but, Arthur Motes, let's start with just greatest, right? What time? What time about? Or do you want to go best today? Do you want to start? You want to flip flop it? You want to talk about just in terms of pure talent? Forget the I know, accomplishments. right? I- <laughs> you know what? Uh, you want to get into this one? Let's get into this one because you know we got hey we we got another hour and fifty minutes Very here. True. I was gonna say this at some point today. Uh, let's get into it right now. I want to get your thoughts on this, okay. and it's one of your former teammates. Am I crazy to think that the most talented, mm-hmm. the at their absolute best, right? You and I have talked about you oh, yeah, are guaranteed uh-huh. to get an A plus Why this do you guy. feel like you
2: get to go first today? I'm just keeping with tradition. No, no, no. That was at every other position. It's linebacker. It's
1: different. <laughs> well, to be fair, I wasn't even. I wasn't even going in the list. I know I I'm just, messing with you, I man. Was just, <laughs> you. I was just about to make a uh, a blanket statement here and see your reaction. Yeah. If we're having that, and we'll get more into the, the best and the most talented mm-hmm. and all that, but as I thought about this this morning, I kept coming back to this, and I want you to tell me if I'm crazy. If I could have any off-ball linebacker in Steelers history mm-hmm. this Sunday, two days from now at Heinz Field, to win me a football game, and again, remember, with the grain of salt that injuries aren't a consideration, yeah. and and you're guaranteed to get the A-plus best Their performance. Very best performance
2: from that person, yeah. Ryan Chazier's my guy. Fair enough. I, is that fair? Absolutely. I mean, we already talked about when he's healthy, when he was healthy, we saw what, I mean, I don't even think we got to see the full potential of him. I think he was still scratching scratch the, the, the surface, surface. honestly. Yeah. But, I mean, from an athletic ability standpoint, we saw the video where he outran Mark A.B., Sammy Coates, along with Marcus Wheaton. I mean, you line him up. Oh, and Aunt Eli Rodgers, she was in that video as well. You line him up. Shazer had the straight line speed to, to run by anybody. He had the playmaking ability. It didn't matter what time of game it was. We've seen him make plays in the first quarter. We've seen him make plays in the fourth quarter, with a couple minutes left in the game. We need the ball back in Cincinnati in the playoffs. We've seen that. You talk about the leadership. You talk about every intangible. I mean, just he checks all those boxes. And, yeah, I mean, we've seen him check, uh, cover anybody, from running backs, tight ends, receivers. I mean, he's gifted in that regard, man. So, yeah, when you talk about the most talented player, or the most talented linebacker for the Steelers absolutely has been him. I mean, I think you got some guys that people make a case for Devin Bush. I think eventually he could. Sure. If we see more of him, he could grow into that. But I don't think he's as fast as Shazier was in terms of just that straight line can just flat-out fly speed. Um, Timmons is another one But yep. I think, I mean, from an athletic standpoint, he was able to play outside, inside could fly. You talk about a guy's closing speed when it's the last three yards before contact. That last three yards of separation, you talk about a guy closing that gap. Man, one of the best I've ever seen do it in terms of being able to just close it and and consistently, consistently be on target. I mean, a lot of guys close speed and miss. You know, you're too far in front, you're too far behind. Nah, not him. He had like a laser beam on him. We would always say like it's just beep, 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 beep. boom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that—that's just how seek, he played the game, man. Seek and destroy, right? Yes,
2: indeed. Yes, indeed. So I think he's another one that kind of can be up in that same conversation. But those are just conversational pieces. Yeah, I think it's clear cut though—the best athlete, the best, the the, the most talented player to ever play linebacker for the Steelers was Rashad.
1: Right, and that's what—that's just what I was throwing out there. Again, we're not talking accomplishments. We're not talking team or individual. And we're not awards. talking the
2: greatest yet either. Right. Yeah. We're just, just from pure a talent standpoint. Talent
1: standpoint. I mean it's insane 46 career games uh, almost 300 tackles 299 seven sacks seven forced fumbles seven interceptions yeah man. that's that's nuts as, as an off-ball guy he was getting a sack or a turnover essentially every other game he played yeah which is which is i mean that is that is putting up that is production right there
2: Oh, Arthur Motes, Ryan Shays here, man. And I look too. You know, you know. now that I think about this, though, man, I can't you – know, everybody talk nice about Ryan. I, I'm here to hate now. Now, you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. I, I'm sick and tired Uh-oh. of all this because I'm looking at my tackles <laughs> and I'm looking at Ryan's tackles. <laughs> now, man, he was out there a good amount of time together. But you know what? I got a bone to pick with Ryan because Ryan liked to jump on people's tackles now that I think about this thing, man. Uh-oh. Now, now that I think about this. You're saying this. he had a little Ray Lewis. Hey, hey, there hey, hey man, I'm hating the day. Let me get on the microphone and hate. There's no way you're going to tell hate, me. Hate, hate. There's no way you're going to tell me he only had 97 assisted tackles. Nah, man. Nah. He probably, out of them 202 solos, he probably had about 50 or 60 of them things was, was mine initially. He just jumped <laughs> on it, man. Hating. I'm hating today, all right? So he might be the most talented. Yeah, okay, that's cool. But he was also the most jumping-on-the-power tackle guy, too. That's my tackle. Leave me alone, Ryan. Don't you come over here. I'm a dog.
1: <laughs> I thought I was the one who was jacked up today, not Moxie. I mean, we got a Manchester United game here in about three hours. It's a Friday. Man, I didn't know I didn't know I just, Ryan you know Chazier I mean? had those
2: Ray Lewis tendencies, according to you. I'm just saying, man. He, he, had, he had a few. You know what I mean? He had a few. But no, man, it's nothing but love. And, and like you said, from a talent standpoint, not even close, bro. Not even close. It's uh, just certain things that he could do that yeah. no matter how hard you work, <laughs> no matter how good you want to eat, no matter how much stretching you do, you will never be able to do this. Six one, two thirty just chiseled out of rock. Nah,
1: absolutely, man. Yeah. Oh, Shay. I miss you, man. I miss you, bro. I miss you, bro. Could you imagine him on this defense? Come on, bro. That's scary. <laughs> that's why I forget who it was. Um But one of the, like, pro football focus or or one of the, like, I don't know, it might have been Collinsworth or one of those guys, too. But some, you know, some well-known football guy a couple months ago did a topic of just asking fans, you can add any player from your franchise's history Mm. to your current team. Who would it be? And a lot of the Steelers fans were saying Troy Palamalu. And this was before uh, – so this was – sorry. This was last offseason. Okay. So this was before Minka was acquired. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were saying Troy Palamalu. A lot of people were saying Debo. There was a lot of um, Jerome Bettis or right, give right. us Lev Bell back. You know, like a, a lot of those. Um, some some Rod Woodson's because, again, this was before the right, emergence right, of Stephen Nelson. Yeah. A lot of secondary answers. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Mel Blunt's, a lot of Troy Palamalu's. A lot of, the answer for me was Ryan Shazier. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds different. like it sounds crazy, but, I mean, because the Steelers had – this was shortly after the draft, so the Steelers had drafted Devin Bush. But I was like, could you imagine what they would be able to do with Devin Bush and Ryan Shazier? And I know, again, grain of salt, they wouldn't have traded up to get Devin Bush if Ryan Shazier was still – Correct. But yeah. in this hypothetical, could you imagine adding Shazier <laughs> – to that group of linebackers, oh, to Watt, Bush, <laughs> and to Bud, that's I mean, different. with Cam Hayward and to it, and at the time Hargrave in front of them, that would have been one of the best front sevens we've ever seen. Oh no question. Oh, I miss you, Shay. Oh, I miss you, man. Jeez. Yeah, but in terms of pure talent, cool. Oh, I, at least with when I've been old enough to really watch and evaluate and kind of mm-hmm. know what I'm watching and looking for, like you said, that guy was different, man. Ugh. Good old number 50. (laughs) Baby, come back. Come on, man. Arthur Motz, Wesley Euler, having some fun on a Friday. Get those tweets in. Get those song requests in. And when we come back, we're going to sink our teeth into it. All right, enough dancing around the bush. Who's the GOAT when it comes to Steelers linebackers? We'll discuss on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Little Motley crew for J&B 55. Mm-hmm. Little J&B 55, excuse me. And I know Arthur Motes. Listen, somebody's got 55 in their Twiddle handle. The twiddle handle? The twiddle handle. <laughs> twiddle
2: handle. <laughs> what is going on with you, you today,
1: cu- man? You cu- I'm just all I'm all fired up. What? I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew, Arthur Motes. <laughs> Twitter t- handle, a pardon p- me. The twiddle handle. I'm trying to, you know, I'm learning Jeez. how to I'm learning how to speak for the first time here, God Arthur Motz. Lil J and B55 asking for a little Motley crew here on this block party Friday. Get those mm-hmm. tweets in, get those song requests in. Arthur Motz. Alright, let's hit it here. Let's get right into it. You going first, right? Because it's linebacker day. Nah, not a chance. It's always on you. All right, so we're gonna have the uh, the great since we kind of had the most talented conversation, at yeah. least at the, the the who we have at the top. Uh, let's go greatest here before we kind of circle back. Who man, is there some talent? Is there some future Hall of Famers? Are there some studs? Some Super Bowl rings? All kinds of stuff here to evaluate. You name it, they got it. Yep. Arthur Motes This morning, one thing that I found really interesting. What did you find that I had never really considered before? Mm-hmm. Um, when doing these type of things, you know, I did the same thing with with Bradshaw yesterday, and I, I like to read the opinions of people who actually watch these guys play. Oh, okay, okay. right. So, so I, you're saying you don't care about my opinion? Thank you. Oh, wait, that's would that's you nice. Just, would that's you cool. stop it? That's I cool. mean, no, you know, no, 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 no. Say you. You've said enough, guys. I, you know, it, it, it's good. I already know what I'm getting Arthur Motes for Christmas. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to get him a gymnastics mat. Because mm. all this jumping to conclusions that he does, I mean, I'm worried about his ankles.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I like
1: it. Um, you know, like, there's no tackle statistics for for Lambert and Ham yeah. and, and, and a lot of these guys. The statistics are limited. Obviously, it's not like you can go and watch highlight packages, really, on YouTube or anything like that. I, I like to read from guys that have, have, you know, been covering Steelers football for longer than I've been alive and remember what it was like. Watching these people, the thing that I didn't realize, Arthur Moats, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the the more seasoned, the more tenured members of Steelers Nation, mm. who actually say that Jack Ham was yeah. better than Jack Lambert. I like, I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't naive enough to think that nobody thought that. But as I was reading and and doing some research today, there's a
2: good amount of people. Hey, they say he was the the more athletic, the smarter mm-hmm. of the two the more fundamentally sound of the two.
1: That's what the, the most technically sound they linebacker are. to ever play the game is what they say mm-hmm. about Jack Hamm. But here's what it came down for me, Arthur Motes. Because, again, I there's people making arguments on both sides. You, you look at some of the individual accolades and some of the, the honors. There, there's, I mean, they've both got a ton. But what I kept coming back to is the first thing I think of at least – Mm-hmm. when somebody says Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. is that toothless Jack Lambert grin. Mm-hmm. I mean, his face is the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it, it, it has been for decades. I think it will continue to be the neck roll, the toothless grin, the 5'8 the on the helmet. I mean, that is about as hand-in-hand hand as you can get with the Steelers logo with Mr. Rooney. So for that reason... I go, just because I think he's the face of the franchise, I give
2: Lambert the slight edge. Oh, man, this is definitely a tough one, and I've heard that a lot as well, that sentiment about Jack Hamm being the more fundamentally sound player. Like you said, doing it the right way, checking all the boxes. I mean, you want to talk about how to be a linebacker, this is the person you cut on the tape and watch. And I love all that type of stuff. I do because that's more similar to my game. I never was the biggest or the fastest. It was more so, hey, we're going to have to be extremely fundamentally sound, just smart, understanding the tendencies, the keys, and do everything right to be successful. And obviously, I mean, Jack had a Hall of Fame. I mean, Jack Cam, we're talking about, had a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame career, you know, six-time All-Pro. He checks that box, and he was a key contributor to the four Super Bowls that he went to. Absolutely. And one. excuse me.
1: Six time first team All Pro, mm-hmm. st- still a Steelers record or linebacker record, 32 interceptions. Yeah,
2: crazy, crazy productive. Like you said, 32 interceptions, man. That's
1: crazy. I, 32. I mean, it really is. Now, granted, Jack Lambert had 28 of them. so and not he played a far lot behind. And
2: he played probably, what, 12 games less, I think it was? Mm-hmm. So that definitely is crazy. But it's for me, it's something about just you being that much better than everybody else. Like you said, we talk about Jack can We talk about all the tech, technique and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't ever hear that about Lambert. No, no, no. They just say Lambert. <laughs> he was just a dog. He was a dog. Yeah. The boogeyman. He would have played football in the, in like, the concrete like,
1: parking lot if they let him. He, he going
2: to smoke a Newport at halftime, yep. and he going out there and get 20-plus 20, 20 tackles. Like, that's him. And for me, I always admire those type of guys who are yeah. just – He's just different. You can't exactly put your finger on why, but it's just when you see it, you know it. Like he's just (laughs) different. I can just imagine him right now going out there, fifteen tackles, and he's like, "You know what? Light me up this cigarette real quick." (laughs) All right, I'm done. About to go kick some more butt. Like it just looks so hard to me. Down first, recovery real quick. (laughs) Oh, I gotta drink healthy. Okay, no beer today. Give me a fresca. All right, all right. Here we go. Like, (laughs) just that image in my head, man. To me, that's why Jack Lambert <laughs> is the greatest. I mean, the accolades speak for himself. Obviously, he has the same amount of all pros mm-hmm. as a ham. Nine Pro Bowls as well. Four-time Super Bowl champ. Defensive but rookie of the, the year. he got the defensive rookie of the year and the NFL defensive player of the mm-hmm. year, which I think are, are two distinguishing feathers in Jack Lambert's cap that Jack Ham does not have. But, man, it's like I said, it's just something about being able to just line up out there and just, you know what, I'm better than anybody you can put in front of me. I'm going for 20 tackles a day and I'm sucking me a whole pack at halftime. Mm-hmm. Like I just love that. That that to me is just the ultimate like yeah, that's that's a tough hard no stealer linebacker. That's what yeah. it's supposed to look like. I can see him leaving out of there in a pickup truck with some some you know, some construction boots and he's like, "All right, I'm good to go." Like
1: <laughs> pack a <of> Marlboro rant <laughs> yeah, in the you know shirt pocket. Yeah,
2: I, 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 that's that's what I envision him as. It's just dope. <laughs> it,
1: it really is. It's it is like that whole that like manly man, like the way your grandpa grew yeah, up in the seventies. yeah, like absolutely. Jack Lambert is the poster boy for that. He's the poster boy for for the steel curtain and Smash Mouth football, even though you know technically he wasn't a defensive lineman. And I, but
2: that's the part that's mean crazy. Me was the most famous. But this the thing though, man. When when you talk but about how stacked, space. you talk about how stacked that defense Whoa, was. It's insane. And for it's him insane. to have still the fact that he won Defensive Player of the Year on that type of defense. Like, think about how tough that is because we always talk about how when you're playing with other extremely talented players, how it can sometimes put a a, a dim on you. Right. They use it as, a, well, he's only good because that guy. Or, well, his number's going to be like that without this guy. He has a lot of help around him. The fact that you're standing out to the point where even though I've been on a team with another defense player of the year, I'm still going to get defense player of the year. Like, that's crazy. It really is. Like, it, that does not happen.
1: And, and I think, too – Right, because the steel curtain originally was the was the Ford defensive line. Right, it, it was uh, it was Green, it was Holmes, it was Dwight White,
2: and LC. it was
1: LC. Mm-hmm. But it almost like when I think if you ask a person now, just pop culture, hey, the Steelers, remember the steel curtain defense? Lambert oh, yeah. would be the first face Absolutely. that would come to mind.
2: Absolutely, man.
1: Yeah. So we, bo- okay. So I, we both have him as the greatest. Yes. Yes. Did you go, Jack Ham, number two?
2: Did you? You're supposed to be going first. Don't try to sneak me into this thing. Ask me, did I go first? I did. I did, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> because, I, did. Because, I mean, Come on, man. What are we talking if, about if some here? Some people are telling me that he's better than Lambert. I mean, yeah.
1: he's got to at least be number
2: two. No, no, absolutely he's number two, man.
1: Absolutely. It's just, again, like I know we listed some of them off already, but his accomplishments, just obviously the team accolades. All those 70s guys have the team accolades. But Jack Ham. like I said, a lot of people call him the most technically sound linebacker to ever play the game. No weakness in his game. Um while some of the guys got banged up, Ham rarely missed time, rarely had an injury, rarely had a penalty called against him. That's one of the things that everybody talked about him, like never had a negative play, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Was never out of place. Um, and might have been the, the more quiet, not the most fiery guy, but eight consecutive Pro Bowls when that still meant something. Six-time first-team All-Pro, 32
2: interceptions. things that stood out to me, too, that I like about him is the fact that he's little. 6'1225. He he was a tiny <laughs> dude. And, and that's another part of me that I'm just like, I can relate to me. I, just, I can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you you're standing next to Lambert. Lambert at 6'4. you like, God dog, you like a tree over here. Like I can, and, and if he's 6'1, let's be really probably rounding up. He's probably like 5'11. You know how it goes. Yep. Like I like that. Yeah.
1: I like that's, that a lot. That's what too. Like, when I look at the playing weight and heights of Lambert and Ham, I'm only thinking in my mind, all right, they're probably an inch or two shorter. And they're probably 10 pounds later. Because that's how it was. You added an inch or two, and you added
2: 10 pounds. Listen, man, that thing was saying, I was 6'2", 250 for my whole career. Yeah. I might have been 250 once in my life.
1: Like <laughs> Ninth grade was my last year of playing organized yeah. football. Because um, then that's when I really, like, I was playing for three hockey teams mm-hmm. and got really deep in, into the hockey thing. Ninth grade was my last year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ninth grade was my last year playing organized football at boats. They had me listed. Yo, Your boy. You're looking at me uh-huh. right now. They had me listed at six foot. Whew. Whew. 185 pounds. What? Yeah. I was 5'10". Gee. 170, maybe. 170, like, with all my clothes and my, dude, and my jacket dude, on. Dude,
2: when I was playing in Buffalo... <laughs> They were literally, like I said, I me listed at 6'2", 250 because that's what I told, like, my agent mm-hmm. when we first did the combine and everything. Because even though the combine has, like, their official weight and height, that's not what the team has to go by. Right. So when you get to your team, you can tell them, like, yo, make me 6'2", 250. Like, that's where i met. Man, I was playing. I'm not going to tell you how tall I was. But, I man, I weighed in daily, weekly, 232. Yeah. 230, 236 was a big day for me. That I, that would mean I ate breakfast and drink a Pedialyte like, on the way to getting weighed in, and I'll be two thirty six. Yeah, that thing was two fifty. I'm like, what? Two yeah. fifty, Jace. I was like one
1: seventy one, one seventy two, yeah. and I was listed at one eighty five. Absolutely, you know, right. I'm I'm like five ten, I'm listed at six foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I like that <sighs> All right, so Lambert one, Ham two. This is gonna get interesting after this now. Now this is where it starts to get difficult. Now, real quick, uh-huh. I do want to preface. Like we talked about this before we went on air. Like a guy like Greg Lloyd was hard to evaluate. Yes. Because even though he did play in the off-ball, mm-hmm. the 4-3 scheme, we still considered him a pass rusher when we had this conversation yeah. on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, the biggest thing with Greg Lloyd, man, he was in a 4-3, but he wasn't in an overfront. Overfront in a 4-3 is your traditional three linebackers are stacked off the ball you see him in a straight line going across and you got your 4-D lineman think more like what the New York Giants will run mm-hmm. like that clean on that too the right? Colts as well yeah so it's very distinguished in terms of in distinct in terms of the look now a 4-3 under front which is what they were running with Greg Lloyd's when you walk one of those linebackers down and he's probably a foot behind your D lineman so he's pretty much right down there. He's the only one that's going to be standing up. But you do it because you're going to get better matchups. You can isolate tight ends, running backs, and make sure you're getting that particular Disguised look. Blitzes. Correct. But the thing is, you're still technically an off-ball linebacker. It's not like you're a you're 3-4. But in that 4-3 scheme, you're rushing that guy a lot. And that's why with Greg Lloyd, even though we think back and say, well, no, he was an off-ball linebacker, when we really think of him, we think of him as a pass rusher because that's what he did. Professor Moats back in the building Just baby. Just give him a little something, man. Um,
1: so yeah, so I didn't consider Greg Lloyd in this. Um because so he was part of our, our pass mm-hmm. rusher We both had him and our on our top ten yeah. of our pass rushers earlier in the week. So now I have to kind of pick an era, right? That's where I went with number three here. Oh, you playing with fire. And go back to Andy Russell. You playing with fire. Talk, oh we Andy! Talk, we can oh. talk, talk my my youngin' days with LaVon Kirkland
2: oh man we could
1: talk James Ferrier, the unsung hero of those yes, yes. Steelers defenses I went with LaVon Kirkland mozi at two no I at mean three. at three at, at three, three. three excuse me yes I did I went with LaVon Kirkland at three his hmm. combination of size and skill I mean dude he was the size of a defensive lineman yeah, a, he was a, like a taller hand as, as a linebacker yeah. uh Over 630 tackles, 11 interceptions, 14 forced fumbles, first team all pro. I know, this was was tough. That surprised me, honestly. Between 3, 4, 5, I mean, I could have honestly.
2: Same here. I think our 3, 4, 5 are going to be the same, just different
1: orders. Yeah, so you had LeVon third as well, too? No, I said different orders. Oh, okay,
2: same guys, just different orders. orders. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: who'd you go with for third?
2: So for me, man, I went with James Ferrier. At like it. originally, I had fair. I did.
1: Originally, I had Farrier, so and then I changed like, it this morning. When,
2: when I think of just everything he was doing, I know his responsibility
1: like, level oh my was. Gosh, like it didn't always pop in terms right. of the eyeballs. It didn't always pop on the stat sheet, but but
2: he was required to do so much and
1: you talk to anybody on that defense and oh man tell that's you, the guy they speak they'll of. tell you fair, yeah. what, what he did for us was so underrated best free agent signing in Steelers history yes not, not <laughs> even
2: yeah. I, I say it goes him and, and then people would debate Joe Hayden but Joe wasn't your traditional free agent signing either right, right but yeah man fair dude 605 tackles 22
1: sacks 11 forced fumbles eight interceptions first team all pro in 2004 Leader of two championship defenses, he's he's my fourth. Motzi spoiler, but
2: he's he's my fourth. That was tough. Now, now see, and and, and, and I don't know where you're looking at for the tackles because I have him over here for his career. Oh, oh, you reading the season. Oh, okay, okay, Steelers.
0: Just Steelers. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because I was like, man, for his career, he has over thousand tackles. Like, this is
1: nuts, man. He was, he was, what he was able to, the steadying force that he was in the middle of that defense. I don't think we talk about this enough. Mm-hmm. It allowed Troy to be Troy. Yep. It it allowed them to to match up Ike where they wanted to match Correct. up Ike. Correct. It, it allowed them to do whatever they wanted with Debo and with Woodley and have those guys with their ears pinned back rushing the quarterback more often than they would have normally. Farrier, mozi <sighs> might be the most underrated stealer ever. No question, man. That what, 10 years? Mm-hmm.
2: 10 years, golly. Like, that is... <sighs> I'm just looking at this, and no, no, no. He did have over a thousand tackles as a stealer. Did he? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I must have been. I must have been reading the, lo- the wrong line. Yeah, here. yeah,
2: man. Had a thousand as a stealer with 30 sacks as a stealer, man. And for me, you talk about productivity, man. That's big time production. Oh, big time. And and you think about the defense he was on, the teams, the teammates that he had. Like they were stacked at some points, but he still was the one common steady force. And leader of that defense, man. So for me, that's why I had to go with Ferrier.
1: Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm switching my. I, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You see, mm-hmm. I
2: think we, I, I think you read the wrong one, and that's changed your mind. Maybe a that's bit, right. If, those ta-
1: if I would have seen those tackle yeah, numbers higher, um, eighty-two tackles for loss. Did you have Kirkland fourth? Why do you, you keep have,
2: asking me first? Did you have Russell? You? Well, I
1: said already. I had Ferrier fourth. I
2: oh, so course. Russell isn't your top five.
1: He Russell is Russell's my fifth. See, so you didn't say me, all that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah all right listen. then. So I went, uh, I went Lambert, Ham, Kirkland, Farrier, Russell. That was my
2: top five. Ah, okay, okay. So you have
1: Lambert, Ham, so so Ferrier. no 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 no
2: no. I, I misunderstood you then. I didn't know you put Andy Russell in your top five. Yes. Okay. Fifth. Okay, so that's what, so yeah, we are going to be a little bit more different okay, than I thought. Okay, all right. So
1: you go Lambert, Ham, Farrier, mm-hmm.
2: and then my dog, my dog. Law dog, I can't help myself, baby. Mr. Lawrence Timmons, he's, yes he's, indeed, he, man. He,
1: let's just say he'll—he shortly—he's—he's he's my sixth. Yeah, 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 he's my next receiving. Vote. <laughs> so so that's
2: so when we talk about Kirkland, Andy Russell, all those guys, literally, it was a like, oh, okay, we're all right here together. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's them and then the rest. <laughs> Mike
1: Merriweather too. Honestly. Dude, yes, like, yes, he's my seventh. I I went seven deep. I had Russell five, Timmons six, Merriweather seven.
2: Okay, so see for me, I had a uh, foot. As my honorable bitch. Yeah, 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 dude, he's yeah. so tough. To, like, dude, like, there's so many good guys. I mean. it, I'm like, I'm like, any of these guys, you can make a case for. So for me, the reason I went with Timmons is because I first I love the versatility that he played inside, with. Inside, outside. The fact that he yeah. started out his career as an outside guy, then moved to inside, but then just seeing his development. And like I said, man, the closing speed, the, the ability, those last three yards of separation, how you could close that consistently. And make those plays. And yeah, I think this dude started out as a receiver in college, man. I know. He was a receiver. wide receiver. Uh, and
1: quick, left early. Quick side note for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured this out today when I was, you know, doing research and everything this morning. You know what position uh, Jack Lambert played in college?
0: No. Was
1: it receiver? Six four two twenty At Kent State University, Jack Lambert played quarterback. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Jeez. Now, I think they switched him eventually, you know, during yeah, his career yeah. there. But Jeez. in high school, in high school he was the quarterback and the linebacker and was recruited to Kent wow. State originally to play quarterback.
2: That's crazy. And ended
1: up as arguably the most iconic linebacker in NFL yeah, history. Yeah, that's, that's wild, right there, man. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That is wild. Oh, all right, Arthur, Motes, let's take a break here because we're, we're we're a few minutes overdue here to pay some bills. But when we come back, we're Just get into that a little bit more. Yeah, Andy Russell, Lawrence Timmons, Meriwether. We got to give those guys a, a little bit more props as well too. And then we'll get into the current division rankings for, mm, for some of those like interior it. guys as well too. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. You know we'll get to them next hour. Taking song requests as well too. It's all on the table today, Mozi. It's Steelers Blitz. on SNR. Hit it <laughs>
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Bouncing around on a Friday, Euler and Motes inside the electric factory having some fun. Arthur Motes is the hot stepper. Just,
2: <laughs> just for the record. Nah, that was a dope request, man. Who was that from right there? That was nobody. That was DJ. That was you. That was
1: DJ. That was That's DJ. Clean. That was DJ Fresh West there on the beat. That was clean. I like that one. <laughs> get those requests in if you got something you want us to play. Uh, we'll take your tweets as well too. See them rolling in here already. Don't you worry. We'll get to those in our number two as always. Arthur Motes some love to Lawrence Timmons there in the last segment, too. No, no, my not I think, man, Andy Russell deserves some, you know, he deserves his spin, too, because he was, you know, the stealer, really, until the just the 70s era that was just dominated by Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. But Andy Russell, I think, um, mozi I said in the last segment, right, that James Ferry, your most underrated stealer of all time. Mm-hmm. Maybe Andy Russell is the most underappreciated stealer of all time like this guy i think there's a lot of franchises in the nfl that this guy would be the greatest linebacker they've ever had in franchise history um from a 16th round selection in the draft um to a six-time pro bowler he kind of laid the groundwork before the lamberts and the hams and the mean joe greens he was kind of the uh from the previous era into the new era, right? Kind of that veteran leadership that tied everything together. Again, the the numbers in terms of tackles and all that stuff aren't there, but if you just listen to anybody and what he meant to the organization when they transitioned from just – <laughs> the eras of of being a hapless, kind of under 500, yes. never going anywhere franchise. Major part of that transition. To becoming the gold standard of the NFL in the 70s. Uh, 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 Andy Russell was a big catalyst to to go from one
2: era to the next. Absolutely, he definitely was, man. Like you said, the guys who watched him, the guys from that generation, they all speak extremely highly of him. And the fact that he missed a year for uh, military service. I think that yeah. was dope, too, yeah. man. When I mean, you think about... Rocky Blyer, he's a guy that's always talked about in that vein. No one really talks about Andy in the same vein, man. I think that's awesome Anytime you get a guy who would do that during the middle of a season, man. But you look at still how productive he was. The accolades are there. They speak for himself. He was, like I said, another key catalyst to those defenses back then, man. So without a doubt, man, I definitely, definitely can understand why you have him what you have him, man.
1: And Mike Merriweather, too, another one that, you know, Oh
2: yeah, in the yeah. shuffle, in the shuffle of great Steelers linebackers. Sometimes, That's D, man, when they talk about the Steelers in right. linebackers, bro, like, phew.
1: it's it's tough yeah. to. I mean, we could have just done honestly like a whole, I mean, an entire two hours on linebackers easily. We could do more than two hours on linebackers. I mean, you mentioned guys like Larry Foot who deserve their props. Uh, it, there's there's no doubt how about a guy like robin cole who oh yeah major contributor yes. to those last two super bowl teams one Man, of the leaders about robin. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Woo. i mean we're spoiled mozi that's what i always go back to when i when i think of these things just how spoiled this organization has been all over the place but at
2: I mean, particularly, particularly on the defensive
1: yeah. side of the football at linebacker
2: well, I mean, that's what they say, though, man. If you play line, if you play defense, you play linebacker, man. You want to be a stealer, like yeah. that's the truth.
1: Jeez, I love it. There's no doubt about it. There are uh, some tweets here, Motzi, that I want to because they're very, I think, maybe pertinent to the the conversation yes. right mm-hmm. now, right? Um, Michael chiming in here uh about greg lloyd lloyd played middle linebacker on third down to leverage his speed and ability to cover not too far off to had him to the off-ball linebacker group and that's why that speaks i think that speaks to greg lloyd's talent that we consider him as both a pass rusher and an off-ball linebacker but in case you missed it earlier in the week michael that was just in the week on Tuesday, right? Early oh, yeah. Early, yeah when yeah, we, when yeah, we did the pass okay, rushers yeah, conversation, we, we kind him of, yep. we, 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 <laughs> we labeled him as a pass rusher, if you will. But yeah, it's a great point by you, yeah. Michael, that I think that speaks to his versatility in, in this conversation. Crazy versatile. Yeah. I, I no doubt that's just, oh. So,
2: okay, and he's so, not here for his disposition. His dis- uh, disposition. There we go. Excuse me. There we go. Get that word out there.
1: Okay, so real quick, just to recap, I went seven deep in my rankings. Greatest ever. Lambert, Farrier. Sorry, sorry. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. Lambert, <laughs> Ham,
2: Kirkland, Ferrier, Russell, Timmons, Merriweather. Yeah, and for me, I went seven deep as well. I went Lambert, Ham, Ferrier, Loudog Dog, Lawrence Timmons, Levon Kirkland, and then I went Andy Russell, Larry Foote.
1: So I think we both said most talented. We both agree. Ryan yeah. Shazier, five oh five oh. He was just starting to fulfill all that potential. Yeah. When that just just tragic incident occurred in Cincinnati, who would be behind Shazier? <sighs> now you made some good points.
0: Yeah, I, like, I said. It, but
2: Devin Bush, I think it's still a little too early, though, right? Yeah, I think for me, I'm gonna probably go Timmons. That yeah. That's the one I'm gonna probably or go fa- with. Or Farrier. Yeah,
1: Timmons is man. That's he's a good one. He's another just so underrated when you talk about Steelers (laughs) linebackers. Number ninety four gets swept under the rug. Nobody puts Law Dog in the corner. Absolutely. How he started on the edge and moved to
2: interior. Yes, right. Correct. Okay,
1: Okay. and he was primarily an edge guy at Florida State. Correct.
2: I don't even know. He probably played a little bit of. Yeah, I think he was moving around. He was
1: so good on that defense. They probably moved him around all over. Yeah, I mean Shazier. the fact that he was
2: playing linebacker at Florida State with like he was like number eighty one. He had an eighty yeah. number. It was like yeah. if we get him all the time, like you look so stink. Like you're not supposed to wear those type of numbers at linebacker, bro. <laughs> but the fact that he was still doing what he was doing to that level, man, it, it speaks volumes. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. And then your guy Larry Foot obviously deserves some Come loving on, baby. too. You gotta get
2: foot dog something.
1: Uh, you know it. I mean, just a, a huge catalyst. He was what seven years with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about those all-around kind of no weakness linebacker? Could Extremely
2: drop, smart man. Could
1: drop into coverage. Could play the run. Um, started for both of those, you know, the the two thousand Super Bowl teams. I mean, shoot! Now he's coaching.
2: So now he's coaching. Speaks volumes, man in terms yeah. of just his knowledge of the game.
1: In one hundred and ten games played in Pittsburgh, two hundred and eighty. Wait, no, sorry. This is. See. You about to do it again? I was about to do it again. Yeah. I was about to do it again. you have the you have the right numbers in front of you? Yes, I do. So he played
2: in. Was it 158 games? He had 421 solo, so about 600. Looked like 636 total tackles as a Steeler. Here we go. Yep. 21 sacks, 25 QB hits, nine forced fumbles, three interceptions. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Different. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and it's it's crazy to think, right, that that guy. I mean, that that's a guy that is you know. You got to say some. You got to get through All these names yeah. To get to Larry Foot When again Maybe like the Andy Russell Conversation Same yeah If he would have played For a different organization totally He'd be different. top five like Totally it'd different. be It'd be a slam dunk It'd be a layup It'd be no doubt He is now with the Cardinals
2: Right? No no so he was with the Cardinals He coached me out there My last year uh, in the league And now He's with Bruce Arians in Tampa. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Him, Leftwich, they're both down there with him.
1: So is Tampa Tampa's becoming the new Arizona? Absolutely. You <laughs> know that. Come on it's now. The, so from Pittsburgh West, which was Arizona, to yep. uh to uh Pittsburgh South? Yeah,
2: essentially. Well unless you count Carolina's Pittsburgh South.
1: Nah. <clears throat> now T C saying Merriweather was a pass rushing left side linebacker. Again, there's no perfect, this guy was a true interior. Yeah. I mean, unless we're talking about comparing, you know, the Watts and the uh, the DeBos to the Lamberts and the Hams. I appreciate you. TC says I'm killing him. Hey, hey, Merriweather was a pass-rushing linebacker. I I can't disagree with that, but I don't know. I would also say, TC, that when we looked at this, if you have to, say, place him into either the – Pass rusher or the linebacker category. Mm. I don't know, but you know what? I don't know. TC, how old are you, TC? Because if you been, hey, if you if you were, uh, you know, in your in your prime watching these guys play, I'll take your word for it. But uh, a lot of the research, a lot of the uh, the historians and the and, and the uh, the people that you know, again, when I was researching some of these guys that with my age I didn't have as much experience watching. Most people had him as kind of, as we evaluate t- by today's means, as an off-ball guy. But if if you say he's a pass-rushing linebacker, TC, hey, i take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Thrash says, uh, any linebacker that leaves his guts on the field is a great player. Hey. Props to Lawrence <laughs> Timmons for literally leaving it all out on the field.
2: Hey, you've never lied. None of, us, was... none of us will <laughs> ever forget
1: that. That Man. is
2: for sure. Well, but see, Which one you want to talk about? Which time? Yeah,
1: which well, geez. <laughs> Leaving it all out there, he took it to another oh boy, level.
2: Lord, different with that now. He, he yeah.
1: <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, sixty in the books here. Sixty to go. One hour down, another to go. So get those tweets in. We'll address them all in the second hour of the show. But now, when we come back here, Motsy, I think it's time we got to talk about current off-ball linebackers. Hmm. In the AFC North. We'll start hour number two there as well as talk about a conversation that Arthur Moats had with James Conner. So don't go anywhere. A jam-packed hour number two as we roll along on this Friday. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing?
0: I'm hungry.
1: Well, that's good. Me too. Hungry for some food. Hungry for some sport. (laughs) Oh, Arthur Motes. Two hours and 15 minutes from now. My Manchester United Red Devils kicking off. Can't wait. Can't wait. Speaking of off-ball linebackers, Bart Scott can't wait. Can't wait. Rolling along here. Hour number two. On the show. All right. So I got to give a shout out to TC here. All right. Because he's he's brought something to my attention. He's done this very well. Um, We were a little mistaken, Arthur Motes. Oh, we were. Okay. In the 80s. Okay. um, And let's see here. It looks like uh, obviously Chuck Knoll was still the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but Woody... Windenhofer, right? Who was the defensive coordinator and the play caller? The Steelers actually did run a pseudo three four in okay. the early '80s. It wasn't the what we think of it as now, but I think that makes a lot more sense here when I'm reading it, right? Uh, and here's the quote: "This is hey, this is from a Brian Backo story, by the hey, way." Hey, that, man, I like it. Where Brian Backo, um, let's see, this was from March, was talking about why and how did the Steelers become a three four defense? We'll have to talk to Backo about that next week. Um, but the quote. From Weidenhofer in 82 was our new defense won't be the conventional 3-4, but I believe we have the people to play the 3-4. With the new types of pro offenses, we have to go with the 3-4 to keep up with the Joneses. So shout out to TC there. So maybe the 3-4 as we think of it now came Mm -hmm. with Dick LeBeau, but it was something that the Steelers had installed in the early 80s, which... (laughs) I guess, even convolutes this middle linebacker, hey. this off-ball versus true edge rusher conversation anymore. But, TC, I do appreciate the feedback and yes, the, uh, the little lesson. And he says I'm 42 years old. So, you know, he's got, he's got a little more all experience right. than we – Oh, wait. Yes, Sorry, Craig. Sorry, TC. I just told everybody your age. Oh, I, mean, that's, that, I mean, that's prime. Okay. You know, this is a good I'm, age. I'm 29. Moats is in his 30s. Well, will just tell our ages. Yeah. it's Something right. like that. <laughs> Arthur Moats. in terms of off-ball linebackers in the division – an interesting uh interesting conversation as it stands right now right because there's been a lot of moving parts in definitely has um you know and i think even like some of the guys that we would have said would have easily been at the top of this list have departed like i don't know maybe a cj mosley if you will but arthur motes when you think interior linebackers in the division where do you kind of who's the who's the first that come to mind (sighs) I mean,
2: obviously playing here in Pittsburgh, I think of uh, Devin Bush <laughs> and Vince Williams. I mean, we're talking the first. But, um, man. See, this is the thing right now. You're right. The division outside of Pittsburgh, it's a ton of transition mm-hmm. and turnover at the linebacker spot. I mean, when you look at the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. They, brought, they drafted a whole new set of uh, linebackers, Logan Wilson, obviously out of Wyoming. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's going to be a really good linebacker. But also Akeem davis Gayther out of uh, Appalachian State. And those are going to be their two guys down there. I mean, we talked about Sam Hubbard a little bit as well. But we're trying to figure out, is he going to truly stay off the ball? Are they going to keep right. him in like, that hand-in-the-ground D-line or defensive end type of uh, technique? Then when I'm thinking about the 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 Browns, I know they drafted uh the third linebacker out of LSU, uh, Jacob Phillips. Correct. And he's gonna be pretty good, but other than that, they don't really have the guys yeah. that
1: it's a whole lot of question marks, honestly. Yeah. For for most of these teams. I mean because the Ravens watch Mosley and Zadarius Smith. Well, but see because the,
2: um, the Browns, their stud linebacker, um, the guy who had the two picks uh on the Thursday night game. Uh Schobert? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert, yep. yeah. But I say so. Yeah, I want to say he left through a uh, free agency. I believe so. So, yeah, with the Browns, they're they're new, and then obviously in Baltimore, they drafted Patrick Queen, who I think is going to be a stud. He was the the other big time linebacker at LSU. As much see, as I hated to yeah, see him go, that, there. that hurt. That hurt seeing that.
1: I mean, there's Christian Kirksey, but. He's good, not great. You know, he's a, he's a fine NFL linebacker, yeah, but it, he's he ain't doing it
0: like that now.
1: It, it really is. It's a, it's a weird period in the division where it's all young, unproven guys. Yeah.
0: I mean, but if I'm going a lot off, of
1: it's a lot of guys going into their sophomore year, a lot yes. of guys that were just drafted and haven't taken a snap yet.
2: But I will say this, though, man, if we're talking about the most proven out of all these linebacker groups, I would definitely say it's the Steelers, because when you look at Devin Bush, first off, and what he's accomplished to this day, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves, but also Vince Williams. I mean, when you talk about a guy who started in his division, who started in his league and has been a productive player, I mean, he's a double-digit sack guy from the interior linebacker spot. He He's had success in this division, like I said, so for me, I would probably have them ranked at the best group right now, just because these other guys they're unproven. Now so I'm too. extremely excited about like some, like I said, some of these guys with a Patrick uh, Queen, uh, a Logan Wilson, and those type of guys. But as it sits today, I know for a fact what we have in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I concur. I mean, I mean, Boston they got L.J. L.J. Four. He, he's our, you know, that's your boy, Bloody L. That your boy. Who nicknamed you that? I gave myself that, that nickname <laughs> No oh, really? He nicknamed himself Yes <laughs> <laughs> So he get on them all the time Like Wait, what do you mean You nicknamed yourself
1: I tell you what If you give yourself a nickname <laughs> It better be a good one So at least, yeah, at, least at least he's got a yeah, good one Yeah he nicknamed himself Bloody L was you, like, gotta, you gotta have That's, some, that's you gotta what have they some, call me You gotta have some stones To go with your own so nickname who, who calls you this LJ <laughs> you this Me <laughs> <laughs> me baby and if you got a problem with it you're gonna yeah. see bloody hell
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i was like all right so of the um of the guys that haven't taken a snap yet is queen queen the one you're highest on oh without a doubt yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. He... probably
1: him and devin bush just in terms of the pure potential at the top of the list
2: yeah devin bush ahead of patrick queen Yes, yes, yes. In that regard, yes.
1: But I do think... But, like, if this was a Madden-style fantasy draft.
2: Yeah, those are the two guys, without a doubt. Yeah. From a talent standpoint, athletic ability standpoint, the guys you're most intrigued about, yeah, those two. Then I'll probably... The third guy I'm really excited to see is Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. I thought he was extremely productive. And also, Christian Kirksey, you said him. He's no longer in Cleveland. He's in uh, Green Bay now. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: They, did they cut him, or was he a free agent?
2: I want to see he was a free agent. Okay. Yeah, but he's in Green Bay now, so... Even with that. It's a revolving door there yeah. in Cleveland
1: of personnel.
2: So, literally, they're going to have a whole new group, a whole new group of guys. <laughs> and like you said, with Jacob Phillips, third rounder out of LSU, I still want to know how good he is because he was down there with Caleb Von Chasen, who was a what, top 15 pick, and then we already talked about Patrick Queen, who I think went 20th, or no, he was either 18th or 20th in that range. Yeah. Uh, 20-something, I'm pretty yeah.
1: sure. Give me one second here.
2: So it's making me wonder, like, okay, how is Jacob— 28th overall. So 28th, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and Caleb Vaughn was 18 because there were 10 spots, 10 10 spots apart. But
1: Caleb Vaughn is an edge guy. Correct. Right? Okay. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it makes me just wonder, like, okay, how good was Jacob? Is he a product of the other players around him being so productive? Hmm. So we're going to find out that. We're
1: going to find that out about, like, all those LSU guys, yeah. are Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see who emerges from that last year's team yeah. in the next three, four, five years as, like, the studs at the NFL level, too. Yes, indeed. Because, I mean, you've got Chase on, you've got Queen, you've got Delpit, you've got some huge names mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the defensive side of the football. And then, obviously, the number one overall pick and Joe Burrow and mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, just, what, I think they had three or four offensive linemen drafted. Yeah, they,
2: they were – crazily loaded a couple wide receivers
1: I don't think Thaddeus Moss did not get drafted right he was a free agent signing yep but I mean just a a, just a ton of talent a ton of big names it'll be interesting to see you know the
2: thing that's funny to me though man the more I look at these draft picks right now we're talking about the defense interior linebackers is making me think just to myself how difficult this is going to be for Cincinnati coming up when all of their major needs are filled by rookies yeah in, in in an offseason like this, you're like I said, your potential starting interior linebackers Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis gather uh, gather, they they are, are going to be so behind the ball right so behind a ball right now. Like this is nuts. Where you look at a guy like Devin Bush who's already been in the system a year. You look at a guy like Vince Williams who's been in the defense for a while. Even in Baltimore, L.J. Four started was he was he was. A rotational starter for those guys last year had a numerous amount of snaps there, and they still have other guys that have been on that team, been around. Like, I I think with the Bengals, though, the, the one benefit they'll have is um, the guy they took from Baltimore, linebacker, uh, Josh Bynes. He's another guy that's been around the league for a while. We were together in Arizona so he knows defenses and stuff like that, and that could probably help them. But he's nowhere near the caliber of player or athlete that you talk about a Devin Bush. You know, think think more Vince Williams with him, minus the pass rushing element of it. So for me, I mean, I just think since that's way way behind the eight ball, man.
1: Yeah, that's it's gonna be a. Uh... A pull your hair out type of year for Cincinnati Bengals fans, I feel Dude, like.
2: Because they're, they're going to have talent. They're going to have
1: talent and they're going to be in a lot of games. Yes. But they're going to have to take their lumps to learn how to play together and win those close games and, and, and all man. that stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting year in the division for a lot of different reasons. As we talk about it now, I think particularly at that linebacker position. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Electric Factory. It's Stellar's Blitz here on a Friday. Get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. <laughs> the Body. When we come back here, though, Arthur Moats had a chance to catch up with James Conner. James Conner. The uh, the bounce-back campaign that is on for James, the book that he has written about his just incredible story um, thus far in his football career with a whole lot more to go, we hope, here in the black and gold. What did Motes learn about James Conner? What is Motes expecting from number 30 in 2020 we'll get to all of that just around the corner you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR
0: this is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR
1: Having some fun on a Friday. Hope you're enjoying the conversation as well. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Just trying to send you into the weekend with a smile on your face. Talking a little football. Arthur Motes, one of the guys that has been most discussed amongst Stiller Nation this offseason and even back into last season. Of course, James Conner, running back. The running back, y'all and uh like that I like
2: that that's clean eh, a
1: little remember the Titans reference for everybody um and mozi I know you uh you had an opportunity to catch up with James Conner talk to him about his book what he's had going on this off season and your most humble of opinions and I know like I'm like I'm asking you to play psychologist here you know like you had some in-depth study um but does he seem like a guy who's who's in a good headspace, who's rearing to go, who's ready to prove people wrong that he can be that, you know, that feature back, that bell cow for the Steelers?
2: Yeah, without a doubt, man, I did. Uh, it was awesome having the opportunity to catch up with him. Me and Missy Matthews doing the interview with him yesterday and he's super determined, man. He's ready to pretty much silence the da- the, the the doubters, the people that were questioning his health, the people that were questioning if he could be a bell cow back. That's the thing that he's really trying to come out here and prove and i'm excited for him because we've seen what he looks like when he's healthy this is the wild card of the division we talk about a guy that when he's healthy he's a pro bowl back Mm -hmm. but the problem is we haven't seen him consistently healthy throughout the duration of his career to this point but he talked about how he's changed his nutrition he's changed his workouts in terms of taking care of his body a lot more this offseason, being a lot more dedicated to his body and allowing it to rest due to the whole COVID situation as well, which is extremely important, and ultimately how he's seeing the results from that. And, I mean, we laughed about it in the interview, but we talk about how, I mean, you look at the picture of his back, like, that thing was crazy. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you're working on, like, like, send that to me, please. Put the
1: team on my back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dale and Shaw.
1: <laughs> That's the first thing I thought as soon as I saw that.
0: Oh man, Darren Sharper—he
1: broke his leg in the first,
0: in the first <laughs> half
1: at the goal line, reaching out, touchdown. Oh, man. So all this is safety in the game. He also James Conner wrote a book this and side note it was really mm-hmm. funny did you see the exchange between james connor and zach banner and rocky blyer on yes twitter? yes <laughs> so, so, so zach banner was tweeting at james connor and was like hey man like come on i ordered your book like i'm still waiting what's going on here where is it just trying to support a friend and, <laughs> and rocky blyer chimes into and he's like same i'm waiting <laughs> on my copy too it was a good good twitter exchange if you want to go check that one out absolutely man um, it it's it's something for James that is always, it's, it's never going away, right? And, and it shouldn't. Cancer survivor from everything that he went to at Pitt to, to be able to get drafted into the NFL to, to the success that he's had in the NFL, Pro Bowler, all these things. I think obviously James Conner wants to be judged as the football player, as any football player does. And he's stated that publicly in the past. But I also think fans, and just for him in general, to be able to take the opportunity to write down his story in his words, what it was like to be the eerie kid, you know, the Western Pennsylvania eerie kid who ends up in Pittsburgh, who just lights the ACC on fire, and then when he's going to get his knee evaluated, finds out that he has cancer, just the whirlwind of all that to being drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, the hometown team, I got to imagine that as much as he wants people, Arthur Motes, to look at him as a football player before they bring up the cancer survivor, it also had to be just a great opportunity for him to to write this stuff, to get this all down. And and I'm sure he was excited to to share his story from
2: his point of view. Yeah, that is something that he talked about, man, um, being able to go back into some of those dark moments, yeah, reliving and bringing it back. But when I asked him also, I was like, you know, just why – now, like, mm-hmm. why did you feel like it was important to write this book now? And he talked a little bit about just the people that he's been able to interact with through surviving cancer, through the success he's had in the NFL. And people are always talking about how inspirational he is. And he felt that it was important to give them that now, like, give them that opportunity to continue to be inspired by reading his book. And he talked about how the the reception from it has been awesome thus far, which is good, man, and rightfully so, because he deserves All of the things that he's getting right now, man. You talk about an extremely humble kid, a guy that has worked, scratched, and clawed every single day. and just I mean, he really helps you get a better perspective of life when you think about what he's been through, when you see some of the footage of what he went through. Like, it really hits home. The
1: title of the book, correct, is Fear is a Choice? Yes. So was that something you guys, did he explain how he came up with that title and how that relates to his journey?
2: Yeah, the biggest thing, man, we were just talking about just controlling what you can control. Hmm. That was that was the big part of it because we all face adversity. We all have different things that could be viewed as fear, but it's all about your mindset. How, how do you go about approaching that? Are you going to let it hold you back or are you going to take advantage of it and make it uh, a positive for you and things like that? But, I mean, just listening to him talk about this book, you can tell he's extremely excited about it. And, yeah, for anybody that hasn't checked it out, man, I definitely think you should, man.
1: Fear is a choice. James Conner, yeah. I, Arthur Moats. I've got a backlog of like seven or eight books that I've been trying to catch up on this summer. I think I'm gonna have to add that to the list because that's uh, there's been a lot of you know a lot of people have spoken on James Conner's story, mm-hmm. but I think this is the you know the real first opportunity for him to just tell it all himself. the, the message is purely his own. If, yes. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. On Twitter. At Wesley Euler, at da body 52 da body. Arthur Motes, it's a Friday. What'd that mean? Well, I should say first, right? In general, it's the last segment of the show is coming up around the corner. That always means, right, that we're going to get to your tweets. So you know that this is the, the time that I call for last ch- last call, last chance to get them in, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, it also on
2: Fridays, Arthur
1: Motes, means a little something around these parts.
2: Uh, does it involve gambling?
1: Well... I don't like to use that word.
2: Oh, excuse me. Does it involve boosting the economy <laughs> by making financial contributions to ah. various uh, establishments in, in the uh, in the U.S.? Is that what you're referring that to? That is what I'm referring to. And they they allow you to have digital platforms so that you can, mm. you know, not just isolate one particular group that wants to support you have variations. Is that what you're, that what you're getting at? Different
1: countries.
2: Absolutely. Different, yeah. The different it's sports really, that you're bringing awareness to, like women's tennis, women's golf. Uh, ping pong, badminton, soccer, you know, all these different, you know, bringing the world together. That's, that's we what we're doing. We are the
1: world. We are the children. This, Absolutely. Is, this is part of how we all relate. And to we're each doing other.
2: it for the economy. Is that So, so if that's what you're referring to. Well, then I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Count
1: me in. And Arthur Motes, you know, I'm going to be jammed up when we, uh, when we get that paper today. You Uh-oh. know why.
0: Oh,
1: Arthur Motes, it has been, let me just say this real quick. Cause I did the math yesterday. It has been 102 days, Arthur Motes. Uh-oh, 102. Since there was a sporting event that I was emotionally invested in. Oh, okay, all right, okay. All right, so... So you've
2: been missing all on NASCAR, which is telling me. That's cool.
1: Right, no, I've wa- I've been watching NASCAR. But you're not, you're not, you watching, watching it, but you're not, but
2: you're not watching it, UFC... You're looking at NASCAR, but you're not watching I've been watching German
1: soccer, mm-hmm. some Aussie rules football, and I like all these things, and I'm interested in all these things, mm-hmm. but I don't have a vested rooting interest.
2: Okay, fair enough.
1: Right? Like... There's been no there's been no Mountaineers, there's been no Steelers, there's been no Penguins, there's been no pirates. No JMU Dukes. There's no JMU Dukes. JMU Dukes. But Arthur Modes, after one hundred and two days of waiting, mm-hmm. at 315 here, oh, just a little under two hours. I'm gonna be rushing home when we get off the air because we've got Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it's it's not only the first game back in 102 days, Moatsy, it's a big one. You got mm-hmm. you got Tottenham, you got Manchester United, and uh, and I am fired up, Arthur. Mott. It's 102 days without emotional investment in a sport. I'm ready to go. Whew. And you wanna know some? You wanna know something bad? What's up? What's up? Wifey's working from home today. <sighs> <laughs> the game starts at 3:15. She has a conference call at four o'clock.
2: Oh, man. Good luck with that (laughs) one. So
1: I already told her, I'm like, (laughs) you better hope that during that 20 minute conference call, like, nobody scores or there's not a red
2: card. Because it's going to get really bad.
1: (laughs) Because I'm going to be standing on the couch, dancing around and jumping up and down. I I can't wait, Arthur Motes. I really can't. I like that. I just, man, we need the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball to figure it out here. But for the first time in 102 days, Arthur Motes, a sporting competition that i can be emotionally invested in can't wait like bart scott can't wait can't wait we're gonna take our last break here to pay the bills when we come back we will get to your tweets so one more time last chance to get them in at wesley Uler at the body 52 the body. and we will also get debt paper wrapping up the show on the other side arthur moats wesley Euler. it's steelers blitz on snr Grandma and your grandma were
0: sitting by the I'm on fire Talkin about hit-nive, this hit-nive, is the Steelers hit-nive, Blitz hit-nive. with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24/7 home of the black and gold SNR
1: Wrapping up the show here on a Friday before we get that paper we got to get to those tweets Josh wants to know, does Arthur Moats have a European football team that he supports?
0: Yeah,
2: Liverpool, baby. Whee! <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I can't go with Liverpool. No, I know. I know uh, you're saying
1: that just because you want to arse me over here. Uh, what are
2: you talking about, but man? if you
1: wanted to go with Liverpool because your boy LeBron is a partial owner of well, Liverpool, well, you know that that
2: plays into it, baby. But Come on now. But then I would now. also
1: tell you that the Fenway Sports Group also that makes you kind of a Boston guy. I mean, you they know? are mm.
2: iconic, though. If I had, if I had to pick, mm. a, you know, man, let me go with an iconic one.
1: Mm. You know All right, Michael's got a question for us. He's 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 uh. Holding our feet to the fire a little bit, if you will. He says, Hey guys, I love the show, but I'm confused over the Lamar over Ben's consistency conversation. But earlier in the week, Olivia Vernon's consistency over Bud. Make up your mind. Just a little just a little Friday grief. Say it again now. Michael said he was confused about our Lamar versus Ben Lamar over Ben conversation Mm -hmm. with the Olivier Vernon over Bud conversation. Okay. But, Michael, remember, that conversation, Lamar and Ben, was not a consistency thing because that's no, not, not a not question. It was just who we would want right now.
2: And we also said it's hard to – From we never talked about consistency because we said with Ben, he's doing this for, what, 14 years now? Whereas, 15, 16. 15, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Lamar, this is only – he's going into his third year. But we said in terms of the difference between the two, if Lamar's, quote, unquote, got to be viewed as a one-hit wonder – well, then we would have to keep the same thought process or mentality that, well, hey, Ben's coming off of injuries. 38. He doesn't have it anymore. So I said if we're going to operate with the mentality that we believe and which you should, that Ben is coming back going to be healthy and going to be the Ben that we know, mm-hmm. but we also have to keep the same thought process that, hey, Lamar Jackson's going to come back and be that same caliber guy. And We said also when you looked at the statistical uh, points between the two in terms of Ben's best year, um, from a touchdown pass standpoint, he threw, what, 30? It was either 32 or 34. I think it was 34. It was 34, yep. whereas Lamar had 36 this past year. But then the difference was, we said, Ben, that same year where he threw for 34 touchdowns, he led the league in interceptions with 16 and led the league with passing attempts as well. Whereas when you look at Lamar Jackson, Lamar had, I think it was six interceptions. And he, I mean, it was... I think, what, 400 attempts or something around that range? Just a little over 400. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talked about the efficiency element of it and things like that, that was another large factor into why we were going with Lamar as it sits today. And we also said that doesn't even include the 1,200 yards rushing that he had to go along with. I think it was another seven or eight touchdowns on the ground. Mm -hmm. So we were just saying from a statistical standpoint, we had never seen a season like that. We talk about – Patrick Mahomes' fifty touchdown season, that's Lamar. What he did this past year is the equivalent to that, but in a totally different vein. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest reason behind why if we're picking as it sits today, while we're going with Lamar.
1: And again, the major elbow surgery that the the one of them is coming off of after playing six quarters last season. Michael, maybe where I'll relate it to is Ben has like with the consistency in the career, it's it's again football fields between Ben and Lamar maybe the same thing like where Olivia Vernon has had the better career quote-unquote up to this point than Bud but I would take Bud right now and I think Motsi would echo that sentiment
2: because going forward
1: absolutely right right yeah I I think I think that's the way to uh to kind of parse that out there um, Gregory said that he missed the power grid yesterday. It felt like when I pull up to McDonald's drive-through for some breakfast, and they tell me breakfast is over, mm. or oh, when Brian Becko leaves moats hanging on a Thursday
2: night. Woo! Talk about it, man. See Brian now, now, now. I'm glad you brought that up because if you missed it yesterday, not only did Brian come on the show, which was great because he finally got back to paying us a little bit of time and respect, but he decided to jump on my toes and take over Three Question Thursday yesterday and got the first question of three question Thursday. So I was mm-hmm. feeling some type of way about that as well. So with that being said, Brian, you back on my bad list.
1: Pay-per-view match. Backo and Mozi next weekend. I'll, I'll I'll get I'll get everything ready. Can we put the big, like, inflatable sumo the, um, suits on too? I'll be the Don King. I'll get this thing all hyped up. I, I want
2: the big inflatable sumo sumo wrestler costumes though. Oh, that'd be even better. That'd be even better. Yeah.
1: Uh D- David, uh, and I missed this, I apologize. He said, Mr. DJ West, how about summertime by the Lost Boys? I'm sorry, David, somehow I missed this. I'm just now seeing it. But next Friday, that'll be the first one on the request list for our Photoshop extraordinaire. Uh King Dussy wants to know, ask Motes his best law dog story.
2: Oh. Uh- <laughs> We keeping it. Radio. I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait, a, wait a minute. <laughs> but no, um uh, I mean everybody knows about the throwing up situation, which is crazy. But man, best law dog story. Jeez. Oh, you know what? It would have to be when uh, I first found out they called him the brow. And I used to be like, yo, why do they call you the brow? That's what they call him. Like, okay. So, amongst Wait, th-
1: like uh, like the Anthony Davis? Br- like, yeah, brow? yeah, they call okay. him like the brow. No, oh, okay.
2: that's the brow. So, we was always like, yo, what do you mean the brow? Like, and for the new guy, at the time in 14, I was the new guy. We would sit next to each other and I didn't want to, you know, be the uninformed new guy. So, I sure. would never ask, why do we call him the brow? It was like, oh, that's Lotto. Oh, that's the brow. Coach T, anytime you talk to him, it's like, oh, that's the brow. So, that's oh. and, my. And, and one time we're sitting in meetings. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I think I'm going to go for it. I'm going to ask him now because I don't want to ask in front of everybody and look crazy or ask <laughs> sure. anybody else to look crazy. So Let me just sure. ask him. When we sit next to each other. We always chopping it up. It's all good. So I'm like, yo, why did they call you the brow, man? He said, you see my, my, my eyebrow? I'm like, yeah, I see it, man. He's like, you see how thick it is, right? Not in the sense of a unibrow, but he just has like this extra little muscle, just muscle forehead type thing going on. And he's like, so anytime I hit people, they say I hit him with the brow because I knock people out, and that's the part of my head I'm hitting him with. And I was like, oh. Makes sense. And I was like, and from there we started joking a little bit about him having a muscle head and all that. So if you look at his face, he does actually have, like, an extra piece of, like, muscle right there. Interesting. So we always get on him. He's like, yo, that's, that's the brow. Funny. And that was the whole situation. But I had no clue why they were calling him that prior to that. And I, like I said, never wanted to say anything, never wanted to be the, the, the new guy who doesn't know about his teammates. So I just waited, and that's what he told me. I was like, man, all right. So now, anytime we hit somebody, well, oh, he put the brow on them. and literally, anytime you put the brow on somebody, they going to sleep.
1: Nice little behind the scenes, behind the curtain peel back there by Arthur Meltz. I like that. That's a good. Story. I give like
2: something different in, in, in no, the throw up one because everybody, everybody knows about the throw up. Story.
1: Everybody loves the nickname yeah. stories. How people got their nicknames. That's that's always good. Uh, last one here. David says. Gerald Williams was a beast back in the day. He wore the one long sleeve and had mad swag on the field, fun (laughs) to watch. My favorite thing about Gerald Williams is that he was a linebacker, Arthur Motes, Mm -hmm. who also returned kicks i'm jealous <laughs> for seven years his I'm first jealous. seven years in the league he returned kicks as well as playing linebacker that's my favorite jared williams stat that's a good call by david you, he was kind of you know one of the me? first guys to have swag in the way he dressed out on the field
2: you know i always felt deprived right because when i talked to my fellow nfl linebackers they always talked about how they used to get the ball all the time when i was in high school i was running back receiver quarterback all that sure. stuff and i was like okay cool and, and i'm like man you know I talked to some guys. the used to return kicks in high school and in rec ball. You realize that's the one thing I've never done in my career. I played quarterback. ever. Never returned a kicker. I've played or punt. quarterback. I've put I've kicked, punted, long snap, played receiver, tight end, running back, fullback, flanker, wing. It, it didn't matter. I played all of another D. I played nose tech. I played three-tech. I played outside linebacker, inside linebacker, corner, safety. I've done everything. I have never returned a kick in my life. Have you, and I can catch them. Have you Kicked? Have you kicked or punted? Yes, 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 yes! Okay. I was okay. the kicker and punter in my okay. high school. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I've done all of that
1: except for return.
2: And I can catch punt returns. I can catch punt returns. I can catch kickoff returns. And when I was in Buffalo, I would—I tell you, this is before they banded the wedge, put a band uh-huh. on the wedge. Mm-hmm. I was a part of the the up, like the, the 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 big boy wedge group, and I would have to catch kickoffs before practice every day. And I was like, Yo, I like this. this. is dope." But I never got a chance to return a kick or a punt at any level in a game, and it really made me mad. Just that makes out. me
1: mad, too, now. Because I thought I
2: was an athlete. I was fast. I got some wild walks. Ah.
1: You know what we need to do now is we need to get a, a noted kicker, punter. Uh-oh. I'm thinking maybe a guy from Pittsburgh who also okay. does this media thing. You're right. Yeah, you know, Pat McAfee.
2: Boom me one, man.
1: Get him out there at Heinz Field. Let him boom one to Mozi. Hey, bro, I just want to return it. We'll put, like, 20 Joe Schmoes like me out on the field and see if we can bring Mozi down.
2: Oh. <gasps> Do I still got it? There's yeah. uh, there's like a charity
1: element we can work into there too Ooh, I like it Now you got the wheels spinning Give me, like the, give me the weekend to let this one marinate I like this a lot I like where this is going Alright Arthur Motes, You know where this is going Before we get out of here We got
2: to get that paper mm-hmm. Got to get the paper <laughs> It would help if I hit the right button here too Jeez come on man He's got me waiting over here Can't get no paper Still
1: waiting? Just a little bit Still waiting? It's cool Is the anticipation built? It is Alright good
2: Show me the money. Show
1: me the money! It was well worth the wait. Arthur motes I'm waiting. I mean we're I'm holding out hope. We're gonna get baseball, basketball, hockey, something stateside here to talk about team-wise. But Arthur motes we jettison! Off to Europe here, all right? So where you want to start? Uh, well, really, anywhere across the world. We can start in Australia, we can start in Germany, or we can start in sunny Spain. Where do you want to land first? I want to go to
2: Australia. I got some homies out there. All
1: right, down under. Shout out, little, to, shout out to Barry. For a little Aussie rules football, mozi. I've been getting shout into Aussie the rules mate. football. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's like football, basketball, and soccer all had a baby. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Half the time, I have no clue what's going on, but I'm still entertained. So... Aussie Rules Football League I got a squad, Arthur Motes Uh oh, uh oh And it's just because it's the squad that Pat McAfee told everybody to be a fan of uh, And okay. us, us Mountaineers stick together Okay, I like what you're doing here The Collingwood Magpies that, What? And their fans go, Collingwood That's like one of their chants That's interesting The Collingwood Magpies are hosting the Saint Kilda the Saints The Saint Kilda Saints Minus two twenty-five, big favorites. Those magpies—they must be good. Give me the magpies at home. The Dude, big. Dude, I, I feel
2: so bad because I'm like, how do you even score in there? Like, you kick the ball through the.
1: You can like, it's like a. You can get a touchdown like in rugby. Okay. Or you can kick the ball through the goalpost too interesting it's like it's like rugby football soccer basketball all like rolled into it. one it's you'll have to check it out you okay, would like it right. it's physical there's a lot of hitting a lot of contact as long
2: as you could bet on it that's all i care about they even bro.
1: scrap sometimes like in hockey and lacrosse like oh, they they let the guys word. fight sometimes now yeah.
2: now you got now yeah. listen at first <laughs> i was interested but now i'm intrigued <laughs> Are the moats? Where are we flying to? We're hopping on the jet real quick. Germany or Spain? I, I, you need know, we got maybe We gotta go up to Germany. Man, I like a little sauerkraut.
1: All right, good. Me too. And I got two to pick for you. First, the underdogs, Dortmund. Remember the black and yellow team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team?
2: Dortmund, absolutely.
1: They are going to Red Bull Leipzig to play. Ooh, okay. And they're slight underdogs, plus 190. Here's the kicker for you, Motes. Red Bull Leipzig's best player. His name's Timo Werner. Yeah. He just signed a contract with Chelsea in England. Uh Uh-huh. So he's going to finish the year with Germany. Okay. But he'll be playing for Chelsea Chelsea next year. Okay. You can't tell me that that guy's not going to be distracted, that he wasn't Mm -hmm. getting pulled a bunch of different ways, that his heart's still completely in it for Leipzig.
0: Okay. Leipzig's
1: best player...
0: That's going to be there, not going to be the there. different
1: fact that
2: they're able to sign the deal while he's still on another club right now. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Wow. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, if I was playing in Buffalo, and they're like, oh, yeah, your deal is done with Pittsburgh. You're going there in yeah. s- three months. But like, you're going to play, play
1: these last three or four <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. And I, I think the reason for that is because a lot of the leagues are on different timelines schedule-wise. Uh, you know okay, what I mean? Okay. Like, the German schedule is a little bit different than the Spanish, then a little Got bit you. different than the English. And okay. so the windows for transfer and signings are different there. But you're right. It, it's a crazy dynamic. And then the big, the big favorites. Bayern Munich. They've been rolling through the German league. They are hosting Freiburg. Uh, they're minus three hundred. Pretty big favorites, but mm, that is okay. that's a, that is a layup right there. That's I like it. A no brainer. All right, mozi off to sunny Spain where this one's real Ooh, simple.
2: Okay, like Spain
1: today at four o'clock. Barcelona plays Sevilla. Sevilla. Two of my favorite cities in the I world. Like Barcelona and Sevilla. Barcelona. Motz, you know the name Leo Messi, right? Oh, yeah, I that's mean, my cousin. Everybody knows, Come right? On, baby, the the Americans, the two names that they know are Messi yeah. and Ronaldo. Absolutely. I mean, shout out to Ronaldo. Somebody in yeah. here has a Ronaldo jersey on. Somebody in on. here might be wearing a Manchester United Ronaldo yeah, jersey you know? right now. Arthur Motes, Leo Messi, he's scored like over 500 goals in his career. I
2: mean, they say he's the best, he's unless pretty, you're he's, asking about
1: Ronaldo. He's pretty good. And he is plus 300 to score the first goal today Mm. in that tilt. Oh, you're never going to get messy to do anything at plus 300. You kidding me? That's a no-brainer right there. And last but not least, Arthur Motes, we go to England. Uh Uh-oh. We fly into London. Uh Uh-oh. And we go to North London. North London? At the new White Hart Lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Hotspur (laughs) Stadium? Where the mighty Manchester United Red Devils... (laughs) Roll into town for the first game in 102 days. Wow. Manchester United, slight underdogs, plus 160. I love it. Give me the Red Devils, baby. I love it, Red Devils. Woke up this morning Woke feeling up up this. Okay, I like it. Got Man United on my mind. Hey. The boys are playing the way that United should. Hey, hey, Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Something tells me I'm into something good. Something good. I see a red moon rising. Oh, yeah. I see... Trouble on the way. It's trouble. Don't go out tonight. Nah, don't do that now. Unless you're dressed in red
2: or white. Gotta have that red and white on.
1: There's a red moon on the rise. Woo! I mean, I could just sit here and sing hooligan songs forever. But it. Arthur Motes, I'm it. fired up. We got some English soccer back this weekend. I can't wait. I like it. I know my guy, if he's listening right now or listening to the replay of the podcast, our buddy Reagan. I know he's oh, yes. fired oh, up too. Oh, without a doubt, man. Without Aston Villa back in the business, Arthur Motz, that'll do
2: it for that was this fun, week, man. This always, was good good get week. Pe- always good to give. Always good to give the people what they need, man.
1: It was a good week. It really was. We, I mean, we touched all of our bases, and we we've still got some more to get to next week. Oh, plenty. You know, we plenty. like we like this once and for all debate type format so much. It's going and and we we've still got some. We still haven't talked about best defensive back in Come Steelers on, history. Man. Safeties, corners. Still haven't talked best offensive lineman in Steelers history. Interior D lineman. Dr. Moats, we still haven't talked about the Steelers' head
2: coaches either. Oh
1: baby. So we had some fun this week. We hope you guys did too, and it will continue next week. Keep that participation coming, Moats. It was a great week. All kinds of tweets. We love it. We're appreciative. Yes, indeed. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, baby. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah. Same time, high noon, and as always, you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.